Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognize their continuing connection to land, waters, and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. Welcome to This Song Is Yours, a music podcast where we chat to a new guest each week, talk about their life and creative endeavours, and talk to them about some of the music they love. Our show works by chatting to our guests about music, their songwriting techniques, and occasionally getting them to make you a playlist of the songs they love. Welcome to episode 184. I'm your host, Simon Fink. Our guest today is In Heart's Wake. The metalcore band from Byron Bay are currently on the road in support of their brilliant documentary, Green is the New Black. In today's episode, we're speaking with frontman Jake Taylor about their brilliant documentary, The Climate Crisis That Australia's Music Industry Faces, and Jamming with Plants. Here we go. Our guests today are an Australian metalcore band from Byron Bay. The environmentally focused band has been releasing music for over 15 years and earlier this year, released the brilliant documentary, Green is the New Black. They're now touring around the country in support of its soundtrack, which is out now, and the documentary itself, which you can buy in October. Please welcome to This Song Is Yours, Jake Taylor from In Heart's Wake. Good morning, sir. Good morning somewhere. What is it? Where are you? <laughs> it is. Uh, we, uh, we are in South Australia, so it's technically, I um, might be scraping in by about It's morning minutes. somewhere, so good morning, bro. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> How are you today, Jake? Good. Yeah, I'm just, to be honest, I just, just got back um, from the start of the tour it's our first time we've ever um, gone anywhere in the last four years, to be honest, like on a plane, like, so we went to Western Australia and came back and it felt like I was going to another country because it was such a long flight. And so I've just come back home and I'm just literally sort of landing like back here and it feels really good. But um, after four years of not doing it, it really was like a, a shock to the system. Of course. Well, you are currently on tour at the moment. You're uh, currently touring around the country, country for the Green is a New Black tour. Um, and these, you have done the first few shows. How have the shows themselves been so far? Um, so how they've been? Yeah, Perth. The Perth show was a rescheduled show, of which has been like for the last two years, we've tried to make it happen four times and it finally happened last night. So, sorry, not last night, but on the weekend. And it just felt... Yeah, like this long overdue thing that people almost roll in their eyes thinking it's going to get cancelled again. So to have it actually happen was <laughs> not only a sense of relief, but a sense of release as well, I think, for everyone. And there was a lot of like, it's just very joyous. It was a very joyous weekend and sort of just had that like, that like, like a hell yeah, like, you know, shows are back, like bands are coming back here from across the other side of the country. So it had a lot of oomph, felt really good. That's awesome to hear. I have heard a lot of excitement about the shows that are going on and will continue to go on 
um, throughout, I think you're you're on the road till maybe October, is that right? 20, yeah, there's 20, 28 shows. We've, got, we've done four of the 28 shows and it's hitting every state and territory. And we are trying out, yeah, leading to the, probably the next thing we'll, we'll probably touch on is we're trying out all these new ways of, of touring and uh, the things that we've learned through creating our documentary, Green is a New Black, and that this tour is the celebration of that as well as implementing those things out on the road. Of course. Um, as you mentioned and as, as we are here today to discuss, Green is the New Black. It is the, the tour that you're currently on at the moment. It is the documentary that uh, it came out in April, but it will be available for people to download, to buy, to stream in their homes, I think in October as well. Um, firstly, congratulations for what we've seen of this documentary. It is it's a brilliant um, it's a brilliant doco. Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah, a lot of lot of hard work went into this one. Um, that's the, probably the silver lining of the pandemic because we had so much time on our hands to create a soundtrack, to edit, to produce, to direct all ourselves. And you know, with that came lots of time to do revisions and bounce off our brains, trust, and really build a story and something that. Yeah, it isn't just like let's make a doco, but something that we felt not only proud of, but it's almost like a diary entry. Yeah, of the inner workings of of uh, the vulnerability of, of what we went through and what we're learning. So I think in that there's a different sense of pride. You uh, know, this is what this is us, and this is where we went wrong and went right. <laughs> Yeah, the the documentary it does kind of cover it, it, it's it's almost covering two things at the one time as you mentioned it is covering the recording process of your most recent record Kali Yuga um, which came out in twenty twenty and but it's also looking at the sustainability and and the the effects that a touring band and recording music even can kind of take on the environment. I'm curious just to begin with because the band itself has always kind of been very eco-friendly, but in terms of taking it to this next level, where I guess where was the idea born from to, to document this time and this place and kind of go, yep, this is what we're going to do? Look, like um, this is no overnight thing for our band. We've been doing, we've been making steps towards what we would call being a, a more conscious, better uh, and sustainable um, artist for the last, you know, 12 plus years. And it got to a point, I feel, where we were, you know, how do I say, picking things up along the way, you know, pardon the pun, but like whether it was trash or whether it was marine debris cleanups. And it kind of got to this point where we were picking up our own stuff that we were, we were, we were, we were putting out there, be it the pool toys, be it, you know, discarded t-shirts and CDs and stuff. And I think that next step then was the was the uh, literally at the water's edge when you all of a sudden you have to just go for it, and that is offsetting things. That is looking into waste and production and things that often I would just like roll my eyes at because it just felt so like I don't know that side of the brain um, very logistical, but really it's it's important to understand you know what 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 create what we produce and. And in that, once we understand, then we can find out ways of, of doing either less or doing them uh, more consciously. And there was a point like, yes, capturing it, why, why document all of this? Uh, it started off as just as like our, you know, dear diary kind of a thing, just like capturing stuff 
to see what we were learning uh, so that we might have some information to share with uh, our fans and our you know, friends and family in the form of it could have been a YouTube little five-minute video of this is how we made this record, you know. And I really feel that pandemic that sort of kicked in there uh, mixed with the incredible findings that we were having, it felt like, wow, this is really asking us to actually create something a lot bigger than the band, something a lot more important that we felt was just so, yeah, could be impactful to the music scene. And that's where the full-length doco and taking that that full plunge really uh, allowed us and gave us the motivation to make this happen. 100%. From, from what I understand, the reception so far has uh, has been quite positive from what I can see. I believe that it's not just kind of got a reception from uh, from the band's fans alone, but I believe uh, I think the Portland Film Festival, there's been a few fest- film festivals worldwide that have kind of accepted it in and selected it as, as a movie to show. It was shown at Splendour as well, which I'll touch on in a second. Um, but for, for you guys, what has the reaction or the reception been like now that it is out there and what you can kind of hear what people think of it? So, yeah, it feels like our community, to be honest, haven't been, really been able to watch it yet because it is coming out on October 20th in, in a way that fans can just watch it. So it's really been specific to just these film festivals. And um, though, so, so with that being said, I think like a portion of that audience, maybe a quarter, maybe you know half at most have been our fans. The rest have been people that wouldn't normally watch a documentary like this. They're critics or they're people just environmentalists that aren't into metal per se. And um, so having that mixed audience in there and be able to have these Q&As and discussions afterwards have just been like actually the most profound moments of all of this hasn't actually been looking at their faces while the doco is playing, but actually the conversations afterwards, um, people standing up in audiences declaring that like, this is what they're going to do because they feel inspired by the bold decisions we made, um, you know, down to the cattle farmer standing up and the vegan standing up and not having an argument, but having a conversation in an audience, you know, a live room and both have valid opinions. So it's just really, that's, that's the kind of juicy stuff where the response and, and the reception really takes to the nth degree because it, it leaves people talking and wondering and discussing in their own communities. And that's the power of storytelling um, when it's not just fear-based, but it's done in a, um, a positive solutions-based way. And so I really feel this, this doco, my check-in, I feel like, yeah, it's, it's a, a very, uh, um, has the potential to be a very powerful and effective pebble that's going to go out into that lake and I, I hope we'll send ripples outwards yeah of course it is it's even the kind of clips I showed my partner it did kind of uh, inspire some some conversation not yeah maybe not debate but I think conversation is a very kind of good word in relation to a topic like this because it does mean that people rethink I guess what they're doing in terms of and it could be from the smallest part of the um the for lack of a better term, the machine. Yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. lots of little cogs in the machine and lots of different people doing different things. And even if it's the smallest part of that, it can kind of change the outlook of, of one person. I'm One thing I, I thought was kind of fascinating was the the documentary has an interview with Jess from Secret Sounds. And for those who are listening to the podcast, Secret Sounds, they look after Splendour. They, I believe that they have a hand in Falls. 
um, incredible festival event organiser here in Australia. Um, and in the documentary, she's talking about having to cancel due to the bushfire and having to put new measures in place due to climate change. And then obviously with this year, Splendour having to cancel their first day due to different kind of weather. Obviously mud and bushfires are very different things, but I'm curious in, in terms of what was recorded, what was discussed in 2020, have you guys seen, and this is not to call anyone out, this is more out of curiosity, have you seen any changes, I guess, since then, any kind of changes being implemented that have taken those steps forward? Uh, yeah, I think look, the biggest changes, different kind of changes have been, yeah, the changes to, to the doorstep um, here on the East Coast, be it, be it the fires and now the floods. And just, you know, I've been just speaking with people, this, these sort of changes have been happening for so long out in the deserts on First Nations communities because... Um, they're in a much more, the landscape there is more volatile and, and, and like exposed to the elements. Whereas we're only kind of experiencing it on the, on the coast in these sort of, I guess you could say more privileged parts um, in terms of there's more wealth. And with that being said, like the pandemic really put a halt on the music industry and change, I believe. It shifted the conversation from changes need to be made you know, climate strikes happening all around the world on just just like, you know, hundreds of thousands of people at these different events. And it felt like it was the year to really come together and make that a huge part of the way people want to change also within politics and what they would be voting for. And it just went and took a full curveball and we went down, you know, pandemic-orientated um, news we all needed to like just be aware of whether there's this outbreak, safety concern. It was like, you know, distancing. It, it, it just, it's like we as a society were here and we went that way to deal with a new threat. So the music industry got fully put on halt. Every artist lost all their income uh, and festival promoters not knowing what the heck to do. And so I think two years later, everyone just wants to get the stage back on the show. Like, sorry, the show back on the stage and uh, get this thing happening again. And I don't know. I don't. I. I'm not. I'm not talking about Splendor here specifically at all. Um, I don't think it was the first thing on on everyone's mind of like, oh well, you know, I had all this time off. I'm going to be doing this, this, and this. I think it was just like, I just want to play. Like, can we just get this thing happening again? Um, I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 
was a good time in that big pause for our band to, to rethink how we could rebuild and take it back to the stage in a new way. So we use it in that way. But um, I'd like to think there are heaps of companies out there and promoters that did use the time as best they could to rethink their models. But I'm not sure of it because I think we haven't quite seen all those shows on the stages yet and, and festivals only starting to come back. So I think it was, I feel like it's going to be get the first one out there and done, you know, like let's just get it back. And then as we're seeing in politics here in Australia, like what we will rank the dead last, you know, in terms of um, taking climate action out of 193 countries, we would rank dead last. It was a huge, it was a huge um, important thing on, on all the young voters. We've seen a new government come in, you know, that is starting to be something that's prioritized. And with that, we're seeing the people, festivals and artists also, you know, it's, it's all, all the power is really with the people because what they want and what they're asking for, the top have to fall in line. And it's not the other way around, which we, we often think. Um, we actually shift the bottom of the pyramid and it all kind of has to fall in line. So I feel like end of this year, well, let's just call it the next two years, that's where we're going to see a really a lot of changes happening because we have to because Splendor is another example of, yeah, fire to flood, anything can happen. What do you have in place? And what are you doing to, to really also bring those First Nations uh, conversations and ways of uh, acknowledging festival sites, um, looking at where the land was 200 years ago as to where it is now because that's giving us – that's a story that we, that we we are, you know, we white people can't tell. So – Implementing that and bringing that way of thinking into a way of doing, I think, is is part of this green is the new black process. And that's going to uh, really just improve the music industry and, and give us a, a music industry for years to come. I strongly believe that. I think that's very, very true. I think, um, and I'll just clarify, no, no, absolutely love Splendor and the people that work with that team. Um, so no disparaging comments towards them. It was more so, yeah, I guess, wondering what we have done in, in that time since. And obviously, as you did make a very good point, um, that uh, that there was a huge pandemic, a worldwide pandemic in between. Yeah. Um, and so, as you said, getting people just back to the stage is a big feat in itself at the moment. It is slowly happening, which is exciting, but... Um, very, very good point. Jake. Yeah, yeah, it is, and 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 I'll just say to the, it's really sad what happened, like the the flood event, which which the secret sounds couldn't have planned for. You to to be fair, like that's never happened like that on that 100%. level before. And also, why it's sad is for the larger community of of artists wanting and needing festivals to play at, and also to encourage that. Wow! Look at the success of this. This is a success. Let's have more outdoor festivals. Instead, it was like a, a real hit, and that ripple effect puts a bit of fear and a bit of real a reality check on, on all of what's happening. And I hope that it's it's a, it's a learning rather than oh that sucks we'll never do that again you know but rather what can we learn from this and, and make it a positive experience next time. One hundred percent. Hopefully, how do we improve it? Not how do we avoid it? Yeah. 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 Um, the There is also a soundtrack that the band released this month, which is the soundtrack to the documentary, um, which is an album that you guys kind of wrote and produce to to support the documentary. Was I, It's still very much within the band's wheelhouse, but was there any 
differing to the songwriting approach when looking at scoring this compared to how you'd usually write uh, music for the band normally? Yeah, it's, it's, it's incredibly different. I think I, I realised that five, about five, five or six of the tracks were already in our arsenal and we were just not looking for where to put them. But when it came to me and my best friend editing the film, he'd be like, oh, we need like a song like this. And I'd go to the library and like, oh, this is perfect, you know. But the other 15 tracks we would just give to our guitarists um, as, as you know, five-minute video pieces with no audio. And we'd say to them, like, this is a section on the bushfires. It's going to be quite moody. It's quite haunting. And they get to work and they make something that's not just like, yeah, standard how you write lyrics, guitar, drums. They can experiment and play with it using all kinds of um, analog, mon- modular things. We also recorded... Uh, the biorhythms of plants and transform those into audio and then use those as part of some of the stuff. So there's a lot of experimenting and yeah, I think it goes to show like just, just Ben and Evan, like two guitarists. I, like I, I praise them as musicians cause I think they're just so incredibly talented to be able to write heavy, heavy like stuff. And then also go to these score soundtrack worlds where it's not distracting and you still, you're in the visual. It doesn't take away. I'm from that, and that's a very uh, hard thing to do. It is a. Um, that's actually fascinating. I'm so curious. I'm going to go back and re-listen to it now with the thought of them recording. What was it? The plants. Yeah, the plants biorhythms. So every every, just like us, every everything that's sentient, which could argue is a lot of things. I'm looking out because I've got. <laughs> show. Um, oh yeah, you've got a much much greener view than I do at the moment. <laughs> There's a lot of um, lot of plants out there, um, but they all are back. They all give off um, electrical currents, just like you know we do. Um, so I call them bio, I guess biorhythms. And yeah, it's it's a it's, a, it's electrical signal. I call it a heartbeat. You know, every every plant, every everything that's living has it's a different signature. And yeah, so recording those electrical impulses, then they're able to, um, they got their own time. They're not like totally in time and they'll basically trigger audio. So you could have an, a sound assigned to that. You could, you could go with a piano or you could go with just create your own atmospheric pads and then you're able to find loops and phrases within that and turn them into, into music. That's very, very cool. I find that incredibly fascinating and we'll, um, we might even put some links to, to, I guess, the science behind that in the podcast show notes for yeah. this episode. So, so the, track, the track that we did that on is called Plant Jam. Um, it's on Spotify, Plant Jam. So, yeah, we're jamming with a plant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I will, the soundtrack will be uh, linked in this podcast as well. Um, Jake, as we mentioned at the, at the top of this, you are currently on the road at the moment. Other than getting back into the habit of um, of the travel aspect of it, you know, being in airports, being in planes, what was the, I guess, what were some of the things you missed about touring and being able to see some of the fans over the last four years? It, it's, it's for sure the live experience. Um, we are only half the show like the other half is the audience. Like it's just particularly with this genre, it's like a loop back thing where you play and 
you see not only the response, but whether it's the mosh or the energy or the words come back to you. And it does this incredible thing where you just forget the past and you sort of don't look into the future and you're just there. It feels like a really present space. And having so many people in one room like that or in that experience is something that's pretty phenomenal and really hard to put into words it's almost like an after gym feeling that we all go, oh yeah, like that feels good. I remember that. But you, until you're, it's something that's experienced. It's hard to evoke just from, just from speech or memory. And so I really, yeah, have missed those those live beautiful moments. Something that cannot yes. be recreated at band practice. Yeah, <laughs> that's actually a very good way to put it. There's some form of. Um, endorphin high that you can't really recreate from a gig. You can remember it, but it's never the same as actually going and experiencing it. Yeah, feel it's feeling music rather than hearing it. It's like a whole other level of um, community yeah, coming together. Happens. Yeah, it's something about it. it's very primal and probably evokes yeah something that goes back to us. You know, dancing around a campfire, singing or or playing whatever it was in all our different cultures. I think it goes back to that. One hundred percent. I would agree with that. Um, last week, uh, fans were lucky enough to see you take on Triple J Like a Version. You came out with Billie Eilish's All the Good Girls Go to Hell. I did a fantastic job, including um, Maz from Wax. What was your, if you don't mind talking about it, what was your um, decision behind covering this song? So, yeah, great, good question. Decision behind it, first and foremost, we thought, like in typical in hearts wake fashion, you know, where we're wanting to, to, to really uplift art that is, is for addressing um, the crisis or addressing change. And, and um, I guess, uh, yeah, addressing what's now, what's here, what needs to be addressed now. And so we just, oh, we went through a, like a discussion of like, like firing out those songs and those tracks, like what's out there. And, uh, Billie Eilish's track, like that, she released that track for the climate strike. Um, that was the timing of that, and it's this incredible way of, of of songwriting that's not so on the nose. It is if you look at the lyrics, uh, you know, you really get in there. But I think to the average listener, it's like, oh yeah, it's like a cool girls going to hell. Like you know, it's got like some sort of, it's dark. It's Billie Eilish. Like I can get down with this. <laughs> but it's very, it's very riddled and coded. Yeah, it's so on the nose. Um, you know, hills burn in California. Don't say I didn't warn you. Um, when the waters start to rise, you know, it's, I mean, it's very obvious when you pull those bits out, but it's this conversation between the devil and God and they're looking at humanity and humanity is basically saying like, could one of you help us? And they're basically saying like, you know, we're not going to, we're not going to help you. Like, you know, you got to help yourself <laughs> essentially. And so that being said, lyrically, it was perfect. Transforming that into a metal song was a whole other challenge like when we just first heard the soft and the soft dark moodiness of that track, but it was really actually quite easy once we applied it um, into a structure and went, oh wow, we actually make this our own uh, because it's not heavy. We can actually take it into that realm, and and so yeah, I think um, Triple J loved it because we sent them like the idea and like, yep, yeah, go for it. You know, you can do that. Like, so it gave us that like nod and encouragement to like, yes, like you got this. And we just lent into our heavy style and thought, let's go, bring bring the heavy. 
he, he did again. He did an excellent job with it. I've seen nothing but praise across social media over the last week um, for the track. So congratulations again on that. You did a very good job, Jake. Lastly, we would usually ask our guests what they're currently listening to. If there's anything that's kind of on high rotation for yourself at the moment, I will pull up my phone because Spotify and Apple Music will tell me. Um, okay, so high rotation. It's the new new Lamb of God. Yeah, they're yeah. We played with them on the, the Slipknot World Tour when they came to Australia. And there's something about Lamb of God that just know how to do heavy well. And something that's very, very different to what you wouldn't expect is Colter Wall, who's a like a country blues musician. Uh yeah. He's got some amazing storytelling like Johnny Cash and very low, low voice. So yeah, that's what I'm listening to. That's awesome. Very, very solid choices. Um, Jake, thank you very much for your time today. I do appreciate it. Congratulations again on the documentary and the soundtrack. We'll make sure that green is the new black. All the details are in the, the podcast show notes for where they can find the documentary, where they can find the soundtrack and where they can find you on tour. You're on tour again this weekend and the next few weekends. Um, but thank you for being on the podcast. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Simon. our show a massive thank you to jake taylor and in hearts wake for their time green is the new black soundtrack is out now and we've left links in the show notes if you'd like to buy the record or find more details on where to view the documentary we also want to give a huge shout out to layla at scrabble pr for helping out with today's interview if you like this show please subscribe wherever you get your pods and stay up to date when new episodes are released we release new shows each wednesday and friday morning and we now have a patreon which you can find within the show notes of this episode. You can follow the player's profile on Spotify, and you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Until next week, cheers. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com